Welcome to Nerds on Hip Hop. This podcast is about the intersection of hip hop and nerd life. Persona, Slum Village, and Tonkatsu DJ are off our game. And if you know any of these names, welcome. There's usually four main parts where we discuss our weeks in nerddom and hip hop dumb, and then we explore a theme. But this time around, we have a special guest, Serial Sensei. So we're going to be talking about some anime and some hip hop. So, yeah. So introduce yourself to the people, the author of Oddball Chronicles. But yes, introduce yourself to the people. Well, first of all, thank you guys for having me. Um, I go by Serial Sensei. Um, you can find my book, quick promo, The Oddball Chronicles, on Amazon for the very cheap price of 99 cents. Or if you enjoy physical copies, $8.99. Please support. I have bills to pay and a car to pay off. <laughs> but, uh... I'm a writer, uh, anime watcher, gamer when I have the time to. Um, I also have my own podcast, uh, the Dojo Talk Podcast, if you are into combat sports. Uh, that is what I obsess over when I'm not doing other nerd things. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty pretty much it. Awesome. Awesome. So we thought to kind of... You mentioned it when we talked about it, where he's like, Carol and Tuesday is not something that you've normally would have watched on your own so tell us what you thought we all we all together watched the first two episodes of carol and tuesday what did you think about it cereal um well i can say i liked it enough to go an episode ahead um nice <laughs> watch episode three i almost was gonna do four today but I, was like, <laughs> I have bad memories i like let me remember the first two before mm. I these other episodes but no this was um this was actually really good um there have been a couple of shows that I've watched in the last couple of years that have, my friends have like forced me to go outside of my box. I'm, I'm all about action. I want to see people fight. I like when things are happening. Mm-hmm. So this, this isn't really like super up my alley. And the first time I watched it, it reminded me of two other shows that were kind of not in my wheelhouse that I ended up enjoying. Uh, one of those was Your Lie in April, which it gave me reminded me of this just because of the music connection mm-hmm. um, for anybody who's watched it is can't remember the main character's name but he played the piano it was a it was a musical show basically um a lot more depressing than this one was, uh, <laughs> also on netflix keep um god that show was depressing it's so good <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> but um and it also gave me um gave me some Michiko and Hachin vibes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's only because it was, you know, two female main characters. Also, ironically, uh, one with melanin, one not. So <laughs> it kind of gave me that feel. And also, Michiko and Hachin isn't, you know, based around music or anything. But one of the things that drew me to that show was the soundtrack. And I can kind of get that even with just in these two episodes. Soundtrack is, I'm here for it. The soundtrack is is really dope. I'm I'm loving the setting of where this takes place. Yes. Um, so maybe I'm I'm I, I could be dumb. So it says they're on Mars. So are we in like Mars, like the planet Mars, or is this just like uh? I'm assuming the planet. Yeah, it sounds like a co- a colonized version of Mars in mm-hmm. the future. Mm, okay, so that because <laughs> I had a thought. The second time I watched the first episode, I was like, oh, so we went to Mars, and we messed up Mars, too, because of, 
Um, That's what humans do. Yeah, Carol, is, uh, she's in the slums, man. Like, why does Mars have a slum? <laughs> <laughs> Every time I hear Mars, I always think of Dave Chappelle just saying, Mars. <laughs> Next stop is Mars. I have, like, Black Bush. I don't know why. Oh, but, man. Yeah, totally. No, the setting of the show is like really awesome. Like the, I, I love just like the very first couple scenes when you get to see her like riding her, uh, I guess you call it like a skateboard, mm. she, like, yeah. in the city, and you see like a lot of different kinds of people, and just based off like those first first like five minutes, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be interesting. It doesn't look like the typical. I feel like I'm gonna see a lot of different personalities, a lot of different kinds of people, and mm. you, you do kind of get that. Um, in these first couple episodes and the music like i said on point um yeah, no, did you guys watch ahead any at all i didn't get to watch ahead because timing is not in my favor but i want to like continue in building on the thing of like the thing that knocks me out of the park of this is like how well built the world is like mm-hmm. the minute that the very first opening scene is her literally sitting on her suitcase having the suitcase try to drive her to catch the train like and it's like i'm i can't imagine a suitcase that's basically a robot <laughs> something like that or even when we get later where we see like the owl the owl uh yeah the owl pit the mm-hmm. owl, like alarm clock you, it's like do i'm not a futuristic person like that's not usually my jam but this this is this is something else. Like this, and it's a feast for the eyes. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I um, I was also tempted to watch some more episodes, but I didn't because I also have bad memory. But I was like, if I watch ahead, I'm not gonna remember what only happened in the first two episodes. <laughs> so I was like, let me not watch ahead because I'm gonna end up mentioning something that happens later on, and I don't want to ruin this for anybody who watches. So. Um, but yeah, I wasn't expecting like it to be set in space either. I thought that added a really cool extra layer to the show because it, it could have just you know set it in Japan or anywhere else and like <laughs> had it been a really cool music anime. But like setting it on Mars kind of does give it that extra layer and kind of like gives you that space for you know for it to be a little futuristic and you see like things like the robot suitcase and the owl like we mentioned. Um, and the other thing. I was really happy about, like, not only do we have, like, you said, like, a lead with melanin, but their characters in the background also were, like, really diverse. Like, there are a lot of times where I saw black characters in the background, too, and I was like, oh, so it's not just, like, the two main, one of the main two characters. Um, I thought that was really cool. Music is also amazing. Um, A lot of it's on Spotify, so I've been listening to it. Um, And it's kind of cool because... So, like, before this, I never really liked music stuff, if that makes any sense. Um, I really liked, there was a Korean drama called Shut Up Flower Boy Band that I really enjoyed. And then I ended up, in the past few months, reading Nana and Beck, which are two manga that are music, um, about music and, like, bands and stuff. So, like, I've been kind of, like, slowly getting into this genre, (laughs) and now, like, Carolyn Tuesday. So, I guess I do like music anime now. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I thought it was a really good beginning. I am thoroughly interested in, like, what else is going to happen. Like, I think they've had a really great setup. Like, the characters are interesting. The world is interesting. And there's already, like, some conflict 
developing with the um, the AI girl. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> that's what got me really excited about the futuristic element is that they decided to take the whole like I'm sure we're both on like music we're all on music Twitter and hip hop Twitter where it's like everyone says like you use the same like element same sounds like everything sounds the same we say that all the time especially when it comes to like trap music mm. I feel the fact that they can like literally simulate any version of anybody's music is kind of that was bugging me out <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and I and I had a moment because not to cut you off, sorry, but oh, oh no problem. I was um I was listening to a podcast um probably about a couple days before I started watching this, and they had mentioned that um I don't I don't know the group's name, but it was like a metal group, and they mm-hmm. did something like this where like they had I don't know if it was some kind of software, but like the music was like a lot of the instrumentation was just like somehow AI automated or something like that. And then I watched this, and I was like, oh, no, I don't... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's getting but, too yeah, real. Yeah, this is getting too real. But, um, no, I think that just adds a, another interesting layer, because, like, suddenly they, they throw a lot at you. A little, a lot, They throw a lot at you, really. Like, you, we're on Mars, you know, we got these characters. One is a runaway. The other one, you know, Carol seems to be pretty much on hard times, stuck in this, this one little room. <laughs> like... <laughs> And then you throw in the AI thing, and it's like, I'm trying to figure out just in these two episodes, and even on the third one still, like, where are we, where is this going? Because mm-hmm. there's a lot going on here, and a lot of different directions we can we can go in. Like, I'm, I'm anxious to see, like, how is this all gonna, how are they gonna tie this all in together? Yeah. Right. I, I want to just, sorry, just throw in there real quick, that there's also a J-pop artist who's a hologram who also, like, all of her music is kind of, like, generated. Well, yeah, I totally forgot to think about yeah. all of people like Hatsune Miku and all of them. Exactly. Yep. So it's happening. <laughs> it is. I feel, I feel so different about... I think this is probably... Because my mind has been trying to figure out how are they going to talk about the computer relationship with music. Because obviously our two main characters, C- Carol is a uh, piano player. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, Tuesday plays uh, oh, totally wow. I think the cello or the guitar. Yeah. This is guitar, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow, what? <laughs> Bad at instruments. Bad. I've totally blacked out. But so it's like it feels like they're trying to set up this kind of like here are these two women who are coming together to change the music industry because we get the narration at the end of the first two episodes like these are the two girls who are going to change the world through their art. And then, so they're subliminally seem to be highlighting, like, there's something different between organic music mm-hmm. and then digital simulation. But I also feel like, because I think, I think Flying Lotus is involved with this, this, uh, the soundtrack for this anime, right? I'm not crazy on that. Yeah, he was one of the producers. Right. So I feel like there's a relationship about technology's relationship with music. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, we've heard it over and over again. As uh, anytime any new like producer shows up, people are like, "Oh, I miss the old, good old days where cats used to play t- like kill cows and make drums themselves." <laughs> and then <laughs> like so, I feel like there's gonna have to be a nuanced discussion about the relationship between technology and music, and that's why I'm like, we see the dystopia perspective where it's like, "Oh, I'm just gonna program the entire tune for you." 
but it's like you could still use the technology and be human about it. Like, I don't want to do the stereotypical thing that's like that's what Dilla used to do, but that's what Dilla used to do, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to be that guy, but it's historically it's like the machine bends to your will, and I'm hoping that we've only watched two episodes. We know that I feel like that's a given the people who they work with, like Flying Lotus and stuff like that, I feel like that's a conversation about music and technology, but I'm excited to see, because I can't I can't, I feel like they're, because of how things are going, I don't think they'll do it too simplistically. Yeah, it seems like a well thought out show. For sure. And, yeah. I'm curious though, what do you guys feel about so like, in the end of the second episode, they kind of like you said, they, um, they mentioned that they're going to be like this big group where like they're going to change the music industry. Do you like when shows do that? Because like My Hero Academia does something similar where they like, I think the first episode they're like, you know, they say um, Midoriya is going to be the greatest hero of all time or something. Do you like when shows do that when they kind of tell you where a character is going to end up before they get there? Hmm. I'm going to go with a maybe. I like it. Yeah, I think it depends on how it's it depends on how it's done. Right, yeah. It and I, I feel like they're on good footing, like like you said, ba- based off these few episodes, mm-hmm. I don't think they'll do something like super typical or uh, and even if they do, I feel like they'll find a way to make it like exciting or fresh, like it it won't be just a regular run of the mill story. Um to be honest, <laughs> to to tie back to um your line April because of how sad that show was, I had a thought while I was watching this, like, all right, when is a tragedy going to happen? Yeah. Because it's, it's the music mm-hmm. industry, man. There, there's right. going to be a point, <laughs> probably, like, I don't, I don't know how long this, um, how many episodes the show is going to have, but there's going to have to be a point midway where just something, something goes terribly wrong. It's going to be 24 episodes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's, that's enough time. By, by episode <laughs> nine. <laughs> a keyboard is breaking. <laughs> A keyboard is breaking, the guitar is getting stolen, something's happening, man. I mean, <laughs> she lost her entire stuff when she first arrived in the city, so I mean, that wouldn't be the first time something gets stolen yeah. from her. <laughs> Dreams will be broken. Yeah, that <laughs> definitely <laughs> will. Really? Yeah. And I should mention, too, I, I completely forgot, because you mentioned Michiko and Hotchkin. It's the same um, director, so it might make sense. Because Michiko and Hodgson didn't have a, not a bad ending, but it wasn't a very, it wasn't like a happy-go-lucky ending either, if if I remember correctly. I think it's the same director. I might actually need to double-check that. But yeah. How do you guys feel about the, um, probably my favorite part about this show is just when they have these random just jam sessions. Oh. Yeah. Easily. Easily. Great, like it is a delight. It's a delight. I mean, yeah, uh, that and the ending, mo- not even the ending, mo- the moment where they're essentially doing it inside of wh- wh- what was it? What was the name of the place where they oh, like snuck um, inside the Orium Hall? Or something yeah, like they snuck inside the Orium Hall. Like was, that was amazing. I mean, it, you get to see even the progress of the music because we heard the tune in the previous episode. And then now they jam it out where they do more embellishments and extend, like, yeah, mm-hmm. that was clean. For some reason, I wasn't expecting it, the music to be in English, but it didn't feel off. 
And that was kind of cool, too, because, like, watching it with the subtitles and then it switching. Yeah, that caught me off guard, too. Yeah. I, I, was, ready, I was ready to read lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready to know the song in Japanese. <laughs> So, and just to clarify, this is the same director, not as uh, Michiko Tachin. This is the Bebop director. Bebop, Shampoo, right. Kids in the okay. So, we know his relationship with music. So, yeah. That's why. I'm... Shinjiro Watanabe. How's my information? I don't think he did Michiko. Oh, he did he? He was involved in Michiko, but he didn't. Right, yeah. I knew there was a connection, but yeah, didn't direct it. But yeah, they are all related some way or another. So, so um, does it sound? It sounds like all of us are committed to watching all of it when it completes, right? I am for sure. Um, I may wait. I might watch a few more episodes, and I'm or I may wait till it drops on Netflix later, um, just to like watch it all at the same time in an easier fashion. I see. I'm I'm gonna have to watch this now while I'm thinking about it because I. <laughs> I have commitment issues, and, uh, <laughs> so I need to just add this to the rotation because I feel like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure has to be almost over. So I'm gonna just try to slide this on in there while I'm thinking about it. <laughs> but uh, no, nah, I, I definitely want to finish this though. This this looks it, this looks like something fun. I, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be worth it. So I gotta ask, how long is your incomplete anime list? All right, so it's not that they're incomplete. It's just that there are a lot of shows that I just haven't, I just, I never started. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. And th there are some that are incomplete. Like, I, I started One Punch Man, never got to season two, and I'm honestly not really motivated to watch it, if, mm -hmm. if I'm being honest. Um, I can't think of any of them. I know there are a lot of shows I just haven't started yet. Like, every week, somebody's like, yo, have you seen? I'm like, nah, I, I haven't. <laughs> I've seen nothing. <laughs> Like, right. I keep a two-show rotation, and then, like, uh, I'll watch those two, and then I might take a break, and then I'll come back and find something else to, to that's watch. That's real discipline. <laughs> I, like, start a new show probably every week, and then get about halfway, and then get distracted, and start another show. <laughs> it's so bad. What you gotta do is, I have a two, I have an anime rule for every anime. It's two episodes. If I watch two episodes, you, you, I, I need to see something that is going to hold my attention or make me want to keep watching. If not, I'm moving on because there are way too many shows out there, and you're just you're just going to get lost. Okay. <laughs> that's fair. That's, that, that, fair. that's fair. That's like the old three-episode rule. I like that. You you cut it down to two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I broke down for some shows. Some, some shows I did. Mm. And and also, I just want to make one clear. How beautiful are those butter tims that she's wearing? Mm. Mm, yeah, those are nice. Those what? are those are always nice to see. And she, and she and she made a she made it clear to highlight that there were tims. It wasn't just like she wore them like nah these these are those. So right. Sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just had to highlight that. I was like. I remember the first time I got Tim's and I realized I didn't look trash in them. I was like, so I was like, I felt it. I felt it. <laughs> yeah, I used to wear Tim's when I was in South Florida, and I don't know why to this day. It was pure fashion, not smart idea at all. Yeah, the real wrong place. Yeah, nah, not a good idea. But they look good.
<laughs> so we we highlighted earlier that Flying Lotus was involved musically with with the show, and so we felt like it was necessary for us to watch, to not watch, listen to Flamagra. Man, I'm really out of it. Please don't judge it to my brain, judge it to my heart. <laughs> I'll do it that way. I'm just a tired, weary old man right now. So, yes, we all listened to Flamagro, and I wanted to hear what your guys' thoughts, but I'll start with this way. Is this the first Flying Lotus album you guys have heard? I... Mm-hmm. Oh, I was I I've heard You're Dead before, but I don't remember it. I think I gave it like one listen, but I never really returned to it. Um, yeah. This is uh number two for me. I've heard like a lot of his songs, but You're Dead was like the first album I bought from him, mm-hmm. and I loved it. I I played that album to death, uh, when it came out. So this this was my second go around. Nice. Okay. And for me, I've heard of, heard of, uh, I think Flying Lotus, the first time I really heard of him was when he dropped Cosmogrammo. Like, a bunch of my music nerd friends went crazy about that, but I heard bits and pieces. I'm just like, this is cool, but I'm not, it, like, it didn't sit with me. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't sure how I was going to feel with this album, knowing that I had tried that. And for me, he's way more experimental as a producer than most other people, so I was like, I don't know what I'm in for here. So, long story short, this is one damn lush album. <laughs> yeah. Super vibey. I like to describe his albums, or even songs. I, I feel like when I put on something from him, he like takes me away from planet Earth and kidnaps mm-hmm. me and throws me on like another planet. And I don't really know what's going on on that planet, but I'm having a really good time. Mm. You're okay with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'll stay here and I'll, I'll rock out for a little bit. I mean, I've called, I really wanted to call this album spiritual with the way that it makes you feel. Mm-hmm. So I totally get that. Were any of you guys listening to listen to it on Spotify on your phones or did you listen to it just mainly on your computer? Uh, I listened to it on Spotify, and I saw all the weird pictures. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I missed that. I, I listened to it on my phone, but I kind of had it going on in the background. Oh, uh, now you got to go back. Okay. Look at the gotta, imagery. Yeah, you got to get, get the full experience. Oh, fun. All right. Like, even if it's just your favorite tracks, because that's what I did at first, because it was like, I'm on the bus. I'm not always going to be looking at it. But, it's like, those paintings, I'm like, this, this is the weirdest description. It, I don't know if you guys remember when you first read Dante's Inferno and you looked at the Arden book. Like, this feels like a black version of that, but but the painting is kind of moving. Like That's what it feels like when I look at what his imagery is. Interesting. That, um, the fire is coming picture. Those two girls? Jesus Christ. That song is so creepy. Did you guys see the video? I didn't see the video, but that song, like, it gave me a pause because I was listening, like, it just had a different vibe, and I was like, what is going on? Like, I was not okay at that point. <laughs> I was like, I'm ready to leave this planet. That sounded like a song that would have ended up on You're Dead. Mm-hmm. I, kept, I kept drawing parallels to, to those two albums, mm-hmm. and I feel like You're Dead was more, I'm trying to think of the word, like... Imminent? Um, chaotic? Mm-hmm. Like, 
I feel like this album more so than you're dead. It is 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 eccentric and kind of you know if you listen to Flamos, you know his, his music is, is kind of out there. But like, there's something about this album that I can kind of like I can like vibe to this almost in a it's, weird kind of way. I'm gonna say this is a weird phrase. It feels accessible. Like yeah, as know. weird as it is, as out there as it is, nothing. He doesn't break anything musically. Like he doesn't break a groove. He doesn't he doesn't stop on a dime. Like mm-hmm. it's very Yeah. I, I, I use the word lush because it's so like it's so damn packed. Like yeah. It's just experimental enough that it gives it gives like that flying lotus feeling. But it's it's um not simple. I, I would simple is definitely not the good word, yeah. but it's it's still accessible enough that I'm not gonna say this is for everybody, but more so than you're dead, you could put this on and kind of like let it ride out. Because I remember the first time I listened to You're Dead, I felt like it just punched me in the face, and it just he just kept punching me in the face. I had no <laughs> idea what like there was, there was so much going on in that album, but I loved it though. And mm-hmm. this this didn't hit me like that. It was this was a different kind of like all right. I just I like this. This is a nice spacey sometimes there's a lot going on but i can i can get with this as to you're dead i feel like i just got dragged into like another universe like (laughs) forcefully willingly just you just you just stole me away and this was kind of like i'm gonna take you on a nice cool trip and then i'm gonna drop you off back home that's what i got from this what what would you guys say is your favorite feature here because i think there's about six or seven Mm -hmm. i love anderson pock like always like his albums have yet to disappoint me i really enjoyed him on this project he like i think they work really well together um yeah that's my yes name anderson Mm pack without question yeah um, i was gonna say uh, because i've been listening to between this and ventura i've been kind of wearing both of those albums out so when I saw that he was on this, I was like, I already know this is going to be my favorite track. And then mm-hmm. I, was to it, I was like, yep, that's my favorite track. Same. Play, play it to death. So wait, really? Pac or Pac? I've heard both. I've heard both too. So I've been saying Pac for a while, but recently I heard Pac and I'm like, maybe I've had it wrong. So I switched and now I'm like, I don't know anymore. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny because... <laughs> I was talking about that with a coworker, and I don't even remember how I pronounced it now, so now I'm questioning myself. I, I don't know what I said. I think we covered all bases. Don't worry. <laughs> but now, that, that song is just so... As soon as, like, that little beat switch up happens, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. Man, just, the way I, that he has the yeah. bass on the Pac's voice, like, yeah, don't... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I just loop that, like, last... Every time I listen to that song, I'll listen to it full way the first time. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go back and just loop like that last minute thirty seconds, and I just keep going back. Like I'll literally open my phone and scroll the little time bar back <laughs> to like the last minute and thirty. I just want to hear that just ride over and over and over again because it's so, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Did so, either of you see the music video for it? I didn't. It's, it's pretty cool. It's it's definitely anime influenced. Like guy walking in a desert. Oh. That was the one that had the weird, like, um, didn't, like, something come out of his eyeball or something? Something, it was, was that the video I watched? I don't know what I watched. It might be. I get distracted a lot, so I might not have watched the whole video. I think I watched half of it. (laughs) 
Because I remember seeing a video, and it was definitely Flying Lotus, and the guy was walking through the desert, and it starts off normal, and then it got weird really quick. (laughs) That's the video. (laughs) Yeah, that video's wild. Mm -hmm. I would say my favorite feature is Denzel Curry. Denzel Curry sounded so... Like, I don't think he... Like, his vocal tone and inflection on that joint... And maybe I'm just feeling away because his ver- his verse is not far from uh, Tierra, like he's right after Tierra Wax, and I was just like, mm-hmm. Tierra Wax was kind of like, eh? <laughs> I felt pretty bad. I was like, this is not it for me. But his delivery, man, like, I don't know if you guys listened to the Slum Village album, yes, I think it was four years ago, five years ago, with John Connor on it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the same kind of way where it's like, the the way that both John Connor rapped on that album and the way that Denzel Curry rapped on this, I'm just like, man, that's that's the power of just like a voice. Like, yeah, I I was yeah, Black mm-hmm. Reprise was that that might be up there as one of my favorite songs, but I mean, I think Heroes in a Half Shell is another one that felt like some Streets of Rage boss music. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. There are random tracks on here that I like that, like, I feel like aren't, like, the greatest of the bunch, but I like them. Like, Pilgrim Sada. (laughs) That beat is just so quirky and weird. Those claps. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But, like, I went back and listened to it today. I was like, why do I like this so much? Like, this, this beat just, it doesn't even make sense, but I love it. Like, it's just so, as soon as it starts. It just it's so weird. Is it the birds in the background? It's all of that. Like he <laughs> he makes he takes these weird sounds that probably shouldn't even go together and he just makes it work. Mm-hmm. And it it's like listenable. And I don't even I don't even understand it. I think that's why I enjoy his album so much. Cuz I'm like I don't even know why I like this. I probably shouldn't. This is not even <laughs> <laughs> But I, I'm here and I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I think for sure psychedelic sword. And it's funny because he has George Clinton on it, who's like pioneer of that genre. So that's pretty cool. Very much, very much the <laughs> descendant of that part of yeah, the train. Like literally had the mothership. <laughs> right. He, he, he's on Mars. Like, if you want to know, that's really what this is. Like, Flying Lotus is on Mars, and George Clinton is taking you there. Exactly. <laughs> I put this on Twitter, man. To me, Flying Lotus is the, uh, he's the Kojima of producing. <laughs> like, <laughs> you play a Kojima game, and you're like, what were you on when you made this? It's great. <laughs> it's amazing. But what were you doing <laughs> when you came up with this? <laughs> and when I listen to Flying Lotus, I'm like, dude, I don't know what your studio sessions sound like. Like, what? <laughs> I don't know what the pregame was. <laughs> it's like, how did you wake up? And, like, I don't even understand how – I would love to see – I need to see if there are any videos of him, like, making a beat or just – because I'm like, dude, where do you start? Like, where – That's a really good question. <laughs> What's the... it, it, yeah. It's... This is going to sound weird. I feel like what – for most – there's a moment in time where he does these beat switches, right? Or not even beat switches, but, like, there are certain times where I hear a beat and I'm just like, okay, that's, start, that's great already. And then they, he adds, like, three, four different elements on top of it. Like, a beat for him is never complete. 
Like, mm-hmm. your average producer would have stopped when the groove got in and be like, oh, right. that's tight. I mean, he would add, like, five more elements. I'm just like, I think it's inside your home with that. With that. I was just like, bro, your your average producer would have stopped already. You just keep say, adding it. That's, that's, that's what Takashi is. Yeah. Mm. Like, and that beat is, like, five minutes long. And it's like, dude, you could have stopped at, like, 3.30. We were good. And he just... <laughs> It's like he's in the studio and he's angry, like, no, we need more instruments. <laughs> right. This this guy, he is he's different, man. He is, he is he's on another planet. I don't know if you guys saw the meme seen the meme recently with uh what's his name? Ryan Leslie, where he's just like walking to each every instrument and just adding on top of one of the one one another. It's a really old video. I have not, but Ryan Leslie is another great producer who just builds yeah so this i'll show you guys that that meme later but that's literally what this feels like he just walks into the studio and just like walks to every instrument it's like oh i'm just gonna make this work (laughs) (laughs) sounds about right (laughs) so does this make you guys want to go back and check out his older albums i will actually um i've actually been meaning to do that for a while because I didn't even know that. I think this is like his sixth album. Yep, this is his sixth. Didn't know he had that many. I thought he only had like four. So apparently, I've been really late to the party. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely need to go back. I would love to see like what his progression was, because I don't know how, what he started at. But I need to figure out how did you get. <clears throat> yeah, I only know a little bit. Because <clears throat> shoutouts to WCCR, but DJs and WCCR, our old old uh, radio station from undergrad, were putting me on to Flying Lotus back then, but I didn't really explore. But it's like, yeah, listening to this now, I'm like, and if this is tame, I'm cur- I want to, I really want to give more of the more experimental stuff further back in his catalog more listens. Yeah, I think I might. Um... I didn't think about that immediately, but now that you ask, I think I will, just because, I mean, I did enjoy both of those albums, Your Dead and this one, so, um, and he's also scoring the, um, Yazuke movie with, um, about the Black, Black Samurai, so, I mean, I'm just, I'm curious what more he has, and I guess going back in his discography, discography is the easiest way to do that. Because he does have, like, these long gaps of releases, too. I mean, to come up with all this, you would have to. Right. You can't just make this in a couple months. That's a good point. You need five years to add up all those layers. Right. Like, one instrument a day. <laughs> five years straight. He's like one punch man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one instrument a day for five years, and this is what you get. You become the greatest producer of all time. <laughs> Can I piggyback to Black Balloon real quick? Go for it. Do you guys listen to Denzel Curry at all? I don't. This made me want to go back because people have been talking. I think Nostalgia 64 is a joint, his first one of his first projects. Well, see, I, I'm i kind of new listening to him. Um, The first album I heard from him, I think, was Imperial. And I remember actually not liking it that much. Mm. And it could have just been like, I might not just not been in the mood for it. I haven't gone back and listened since. I need to go back to see if maybe my... You know, see if my ears just needed some adjusting because he was like a new listen for me. 
Um, but I became a fan of him. I don't know if that was last year or the year before when he dropped the album Taboo. Mm. Um, People talked a lot about that. Yeah, it's... I don't like every song on there, but, like, the songs that I do like, I'm like, oh, this guy, he, he has something. Like, he... And I guess you guys probably wouldn't know, Black Balloon is actually, like... He has... It's, it's like a trilogy, actually. Really? So I looked this yeah. up earlier, because when I saw the title Black Balloon, I was like, oh, that was one of my favorite songs on Taboo. So Tab- one of the first... It's like the first or second song is called Black Balloon. And then towards the latter half of the album, because the album is broken up into three parts, um, it's like a light, a dark... I don't know. He did something weird and abstract, whatever, whatever. But... <laughs> the, on the dark side of the album, he has a song called Blackest Balloon. And I think from what I looked up, this song, the reprise, is like the it's the middle ground. Because um, if you actually listen, if you listen to the first Black Balloon and listen to this, I can kind of see they, they definitely have a, there's something similar there. Like if I listen to his verse on Black Balloon and listen to what he's talking about on this song, I can definitely feel like the, the connection kind of, and the Black Balloon theme kind of, it's still there. So yeah, I, I would tell you guys, um, yeah, go go listen. Taboo is an interesting listen. It's, it might not blow you away, but I think you'll leave with a couple tracks at least that you'll probably enjoy. I'm glad no, you said because I, I I didn't really enjoy Imperial either, um, and I wanted to because he's he's a Florida artist, and I'm from Florida, so I always try to support like anybody we have <laughs> um, that's out there. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna check it out. Dude, he can make some bangers, and mm-hmm. I don't really sometimes care for bangers but he has a good knack for like he can do those and that, that, that's not all he can do but when he does them like they yeah. they slap like <laughs> i like bangers yeah 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 she, she she'll enjoy that stuff for both of us yeah <laughs> all of it like yes give me all of it city girls <laughs> I'll say in that case he put out an ep called zoo i think it's all that- bangers it's all bangers. Okay. That, that that's made for her. <laughs> oh, oh, that's gonna be my rest of my day, my night. <laughs> I just want a quicker shout out to Thundercat because mm. looking at the liner notes, he's all over this. So, mm. and oh, okay. it's Thundercat. We know his bass lines, his grooves. Like, it's special. So, just had to make oh. sure about. Even though we're not going to talk about him specifically a lot, we have to acknowledge his greatness here. Shame on me. I had my notes, and I did not write that song down. And I listened to it so many times. That was good. Song too. Yeah, the, the climb was that joint. Yeah. And shout out to Solange. I enjoyed Land of Honey, too. Because I feel like they work well together. I like voice over... This is going to be a weird question. Is there a particular artist that you can imagine over these type of beats at all? I would love to see... Well, they did it on Your Dead, but I feel like him and Kendrick should do more work together. Mm. Because Kendrick, with like those kind of voice inflections, and he's probably one of the best rappers I've heard at that, where like he, he can just make his voice do really weird things at like the drop of a dime, but it works for him. Right. Him and Flalo could make a lot of heat together, I think. I would like to see him do something with No Name. I don't know if he's done anything with her before. Oh, that would be interesting. But she's, like, a really out-the-box rapper. Like, she'll pull... Like, when I listen to her, I feel, like, similar. Like, where are you taking me? But I am happy with this. Um, I think I think that would be cool. See them. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess I'm just going to be the the 
typical wolves den and just pick charles hamilton like (laughs) (laughs) that would be good too i feel like charles likes to be weird i sometimes i feel like his weirdness like breaks musicality a lot of times so i'm curious what he would do with someone at least with at least how these songs sound with Mm -hmm. keeping a little bit more musicality attached to it what that would sound like yeah Charles is a good pick. See, I wonder if him and Open Mike Eagle could. Oh, that would be wild. Could work. Yeah, because Open Mike's kind of, yeah, he has his own little weird kind of like quirks that he does with the way he raps. I think they they could make an interesting pair. Yeah, it's just harder to imagine, and maybe it's just the beats I've heard Open Mike on. Open Mike usually has beats that are not as yeah, they're not packed. as chaotic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I mean sometimes chaotic. They're just not as dense. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully by the time next time we record a podcast, we find out that one of them have a song with Flying Lotus next. That'd be amazing. We A and R service over here. (laughs) (laughs) We're throwing out the gems. Got you. We got you. We know what the people want. So our theme for this episode is training. So usually for our themes, we um we discuss the theme like in terms of like our nerdum and hip hop. So like when you think of training and nerdum, what do you think of? I'll see. I I, I can go. I I have a little long. Not not a long story, but um. The first thing I thought of with training and nerdum definitely took me to video games. Um, mm-hmm. it, was, it was a point in my life where I focused on this one game, and this game <laughs> being Fight Night Round 4. And when I tell you guys, I dedicated my life. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't know. There were certain games that just, like, some games I played, and it's just like, oh, this is fun, whatever, whatever, I'm having fun, then I'll put it down and leave it alone. When I tell you, I used to play this game every day, and I, and not just for like, I would play it. The, the, when I think back at it, I'm like, I don't know how I did this. I would play this game for like six, seven hours at a time. Wow. Like, I got really. That was the one game where I was really like, I need to learn mechanics. I need to understand timing. I need to like. I was so zoned in, and probably <laughs> shame to admit this. Probably the reason I was so good at this game, because I was also unemployed at the time when this came out. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of free time on my hands. That helps. <laughs> but when I tell you, like, it, it reminded me of, like, anime training when, like, you know, you have to drill, like, this technique, like, over and over and over and over until you get good at it. Like, that's literally what I did to the point where at one point I was ranked 73rd in the U.S. Um, wow. Yeah, I got up there. <laughs> I got up there, and I fought the dude who was, like, number, I think he was, like, number six or number seven, and he beat me, and he messaged me afterwards, and he was like, dude, if you just adjusted a little bit here and there, he's like, you could easily be top ten. Wow. But wow. what happened was I got a job. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that never happened. But like, you made the right one, decision. <laughs> right. But that was the one game when I look back, I'm like, I really dedicated I understand now, like, when people, because I feel like gaming now is, like, 
like esports and like professional gaming is becoming a lot bigger where you are seeing people really put in time to like train and gaming isn't just like oh this is a fun hobby like they're really taking this like serious like it's an actual like physical sport for real so now when i see those guys i'm like i understand it i i know i'll never be able to do that again but i understand the mindset because i did it before so i know i know what it takes like i'm gonna lock on this game for eight hours i'm gonna be as great at this as i possibly can like it's almost like an obsession um so yeah that was my that was my training story but kids get a job i don't know i kind of want to be seven number 73 in the united states and something (laughs) what but something (laughs) that is cool that is crazy yeah that's 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 I guess I'll I'll build off on top of that. <clears throat> uh, I thought about fighting games too, and I've been thinking about fighting games for two reasons. Uh, in terms of training, I got Street Fighter Five in around Christmas, and 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 I sat down and like read all these explanations of how to get good, and and and, and it all comes down to playing to read. I mean, it's like once you can read what's happening everything changes like they they tell you like the basic stuff like when you go to play street fighter at the very beginning don't try to do any special moves focus on blocking normal attacks and throws don't try to do any combos don't try to like because what you want to do is train yourself to recognize how people are trying to pressure you and how do you react to that pressure through blocking like and i was like I've been working on my doctoral program and I've been thinking about this thing called, and I'm not going to go all the way in on this. There's this thing called APOS theory, which focuses on actions, processes, objects, and schemas. And then, so if we think, apply that to a fighting game, you have actions. What are the basic actions you can do? You can block, punch, or throw. And knowing that each one of them kind of counter one another. And therefore, the process of actions, like a, of like a fighting game, would be like, when this person does this, I know I can do this sequence of actions to block them. So like, there's this character called Karen, and then she has this weird move where you have to block up high, then block low, and then predict whether or not the person's going to attack high or low again. I mean, the way that, and I've never gotten to this point, and I don't know if Fight uh, Fight Night is similar to this in terms of, like, every character can do something different. But in typical fighting games, you want to be able to take that process and object view and then do it for every character. Where you can read every character, anticipate each of their actions, and so forth. And it's like, when I hear anybody get good at, like, Street Fighter or even... Pokemon, like competitive Pokemon, it's always the same thing. It was like get good at reading people and reading what's mm-hmm. happening, because then, then execution and stuff can come afterwards. But you, <clears throat> the best part, the key part of training is to train your eyes to recognize w- what's happening. Like, like that to me is something that I don't want to go all the way into space. But it's the same kind of thing that I try to do when I watch like a basketball game is try to train my eyes to look at the game differently. As opposed to like, as they say, when you first watch a basketball game, you'll only look at the player with the ball. You train yourself to recognize all five players on, on offense and five players on defense to recognize everything that's happening rather than just like 
that to me is about training. It's like what to look for. Yeah. Mm. That makes so much sense. It does. Yeah, I feel somebody like... who. Oh, oh God. No, I feel like I got like a really good lesson just now. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, as somebody who watches combat sports, mm. yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Like it, it really is about. You can go in and be all action, but you need to understand like what actually what's really happening right now. And that that literally was what I did with Fight Night. Like I I was a counter style fighter. So a lot of me winning was knowing like, all right, I just I just want to bait this person into making a mistake because I'm just going to bait you. I'm going to faint a jab. I'm going to throw something that I don't even really want to land because I know you're going to react. And as soon as you react, I'm going to counter you. And it worked every single time until you fight the dudes who are in like the upper, you know, echelon. They kind of know those tips and tricks. So you kind of got to, you know, you I, I ran into a road. Yeah, I ran into a roadblock. I couldn't elevate. I couldn't hit Ultra Instinct at the time. I didn't. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have a backup. I ran into that dude who was number seven. He just gave me the blues. <laughs> but no, that's that's a lot of what it is, though. You just you really do need to just understand what's happening. That really makes me think of how I play Smash Brothers. I need to go back to the training board now. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what confused me in Smash Bros. Smash Bros. Unlike other fighting games, it's harder to pay attention to what's happening. Like, even with fight faster fighting games to me, like Guilty Gear or Blaze Blue, I get what you're trying to do. Smash is just such a different beast. Yeah, because it depends on if you're in a one versus one, or God forbid, you're playing four people at a time. Like, it, it's yeah. a lot to try to figure out. But I think that same concept still does. It's harder to do in Smash, but I think the same thing kind of applies. If you can get a feel for the, the person you're fighting and you know what their moveset is, you can kind of predict, like, oh, he's going to do this and try to string it to this, so I need to do this, you know. Yeah, it, it's kind of the same idea. Yeah, I haven't played Smash in a while, but I do remember it just being kind of overwhelming because there's so much going on. So, so much going on. But, um, so what came to your mind when you thought of training in nerddom? So I thought of anime. That was the first thing that popped up in my mind was like training sequences. Um, I don't usually enjoy like the tournaments and training sequences um, that you've seen in like Hunter x Hunter and Dragon Ball Z. But um, I really liked what they did in One Piece with the time jump. I don't know if either of you are really familiar with that, but um, like basically Luffy and the crew lo- like lose big. And instead of, like, continuing on their journey, they decide to, like, stop where they are and train for two years, which is something you don't, I thought that was kind of bold, like, it's something you don't really see, and I think, like, so I watched this show, I watched One Piece after it originally aired, so I think I'm still catching up, (laughs) but, um, uh, but, like, I think in real life that the show also stopped, like, airing episodes for a while, and I think, like, just, like, showing just how important like training is if you want to get better it's like no we're going to dedicate two years before we even continue on this journey just to like get better because we need to get better in order to like fight the next level of people Mm -hmm. something i don't think i see in a lot of shows i feel like it's usually like a few episodes it's like oh i reached like a new level all right cool i can fight like this guy like you don't really get that like no like we go like really hone in. Um, that was what I thought of. One piece. 
Have either of you ever watched um Kenichi the Mightiest Disciple? I haven't. Oh man, that was the second thing I thought of. Mm. Quick, quick little blurb on that show. I, I love shows where the main character, because like most anime, even if the main character starts off maybe not as strong as everybody else, he has some crazy like supernatural ability, or he's already really strong compared to like the average person. It's just compared to his peers that he's kind of a few steps behind. Mm. I love shows like Kanichi because he started literally ground zero. I know nothing. Mm. I can barely throw a punch. I'm mm. at school and I'm getting beat up. And he literally, that's why I, I, I feel like it's such an underrated show because he literally, first episode, man, he's getting beat up. Life is just not working out for him. <laughs> but like the, the beauty of the show is throughout the series, you just see him train and train and train. And he takes his lumps. He'll he'll learn a new move and think he has it all figured out, and then he'll try to use the new move and it might work, but maybe on one person. But then he goes to do it on the next dude, but they know that move, so he loses. He has to go back to the training board, and it's just it's this grind of just I mm. need to put in this time to get better. Like I have to really put an effort. This is not gonna come overnight. That, that's why I side that was a random side tangent, but I love that show so much mm. because. I just respect characters that he didn't have any special ability. This man really had to just put his nose to the ground and put in the work. Yeah. That, that, rem- that, Go ahead. that reminds me of Hajim no Ippo too. Oh, where I like, watch that. Oh, I watch that. Yeah. Like, so I like him lose, like, like same, same exact thing. Like him just like really starting from ground zero, getting beat up, like really having to earn every single like step or not even step, but inch, you know, to get better. Um, that show is another one that, like, you feel the like, Im- like the importance of training. Yeah, I was gonna say that for Slam Dunk, because mm. I do. Uh, Sa- uh, Sakuragi Hanamichi, I don't know if he makes a basket. Like, he makes a basket like once or twice in the first few episodes. Then in game, like when he plays professional games, he doesn't make a basket for a long time. <laughs> like. And it's like that's the kind of power of like, oh, you gonna build up to like when he finally gets his dunk it, like, and make it feel special because you saw that he's like, he couldn't even like do a layup for years. <laughs> Man. Yeah, yeah. So, and what about for hip hop dunk? When you guys think of training, what comes to mind? The first thing that came to my mind was Fifty Cent. <laughs> okay. I just like saw the in the club music video. <laughs> just him, just like working out, and like that is like the idea of training <laughs> in my mind. Because <laughs> like there's no video I can think of that just says workout and training in that video. That is an interesting turn. <laughs> yeah, Not what I, I expected. I saw Not and I'm just like, yeah, this is gonna be different. <laughs> oh man. But um, yeah. I thought of um my mind went straight to battle rap. Mm. It I, I don't follow it as closely as I used to, but um that's definitely like a scene, especially just starting out. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever been to any if you ever been to like a local you know, I mean, we, we've all seen, like, people, like, rapping, like, school, beating on the lunch table, right. freestyle at the school, so on and so forth. But, like, going to, like, an actual 
like event, even if it's just a local one. And for anybody, well, I haven't been in a long time, but um, if anybody lives in Maryland, Pit Fights Battle League is in Baltimore. Okay. Um, they hold events pr- pretty regularly, obviously. I haven't been in a long time, but like that's kind of like a training ground for like a battle rapper because you can't just jump straight to URL and King of the Dot and all these big you know promotions. You got to start off somewhere, and you go to some of these events and it's it, that's that's a tough like you talk about a grind and like having to perform and taking lumps like i don't battle rap and i would never want to because i i would not want to know the feeling of like your first battle and you just choke and the yeah. other dude just gives you the meanest 3-0 and just bars you to death <laughs> <laughs> like that is a grind that is I, I got a lot of respect for anybody who puts themselves through that because that is that is you got to be mentally tough to like prepare for something like that. That that's just a that's a crazy grind to start from like a local scene and end up on like a URL or a lot of people don't. I feel like a lot of people don't. I feel like battle rap should be a bit more respected. That that's a hard craft to like actually get really 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 good at. Like you really need to put in some work and some time to like perfect performance, perfect like you know, bar structure and word flips. And it, it's so much that goes into it. So that, that was the first thing I thought of. Cause that's, that's a real grind. Something you really would have to put a lot in time and effort in to get really good at. For me, <coughs> sorry if I sound like, like a dead chicken on this voice. Guy. My, <laughs> my voice has been trash all, all for like the last month. Yeah. But, for me, I thought of when I first learned how to play drums in the NPC. Oh gosh. <laughs> uh, and so I, when I got when I started first making beats, like for for the first first time, this is through a mutual friend, uh, Dar- Darian, back at my radio station, and I remember sitting down there and I was just like, bruh. He gave he gave me his MPC 500, and I I remember we sat down. He had a project that he wanted to put out with a bunch of radio station talent, and he was like, "We want to do a compilation series. Where we're always putting out something." And I remember being in the state radio station, trying to make a beat, and I was just like, "And this is literally like day one for this project that they wanted to put out like in the next few weeks." I'm just like, "Bro, I have no damn clue." And I was just like so off beat. And he would tell me <clears throat> what he did, specifically because my drums were always like I had no conceptualization of how to like time my drums at all. <clears throat> and he was like, he's gone through like some extreme training process to get good at that when he was like first starting off himself. He told me that he literally had the metronome on his phone and he would just listen to the metronome over and over at different uh speeds just to like walk in that rhythm kind of thing and i was like yo that is some of the craziest training i've heard to like just be just to even start off to be decent at your craft and he's putting amazing training that i've no beyond that but for me when i was learning the drums that was the thing where i was like i have to sit down here and and unlike most other things you can hear when you're wrong. And that's the most painful <laughs> thing to hear. <laughs> <laughs> the time. Like, oh, yeah. 
I'm sitting down there in my in my apartment, and I just like do the sequence, and then I play it back. I'm just like, bro, what was I hearing? <laughs> and it, it, it's just one of those things. Where it's just like I dealt with so much like trash at being bad, and I was very intimidated by it. Like I ended up not working with the crew from undergrad for a long time after after we put out, I think, one or two projects. We I stopped. Because I felt like, oh, I'm never going to get this. I'm bad at this training. But I would do it again later. But I will, I let myself go of the pressure of being good. Like, I didn't have to be good. I just had to keep trying. And then I would learn. And I was like, that's the way I always think of training. Is like, the less pressure I put on myself when trying to do something new, I am more receptive to the lessons of the process. You're a better man than I. Uh, I, I, I gave know. up. I gave up that journey a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I think when I was around like 16 years old, 17, and I mm-hmm. had uh, Fruity Loops on my computer, mm-hmm. and uh, I was out, I was staying at my dad's for the summer, and I would try to make beats. And I, I made a couple somewhere in my house. I have a terrible beat CD that's probably around here somewhere. But um, yeah, that yeah, I, I can't. It's so. Trying to create anything in general is, like, hard. But it is worse with, worse with music because it's, like, you, you have to hear this all day long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> over and over. You have to figure out, like, okay, how do I correct this and make this, like, listenable so that other people, or even I would want to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is, yeah, I couldn't do it. Could not do it. Sometimes I think about trying to go back into it because I feel like as I'm older, I have a much better understanding of just music in general. Mm. And I'm like, do I really want to go through that again? Because that is writing is hard enough, man. I can't do that with beats too. That is, yeah. Let's. Mm-hmm. I'll leave it to the pros. Uh, that's not for me anymore. <laughs> I actually took a um a beat making class in high school. Really? Yeah. Um, it was technically called music production but it was like taught by the band teacher who like wasn't interested in us at all he was more interested in like doing stuff for the band so he just kind of like gave us laptops and fruity loops and let us like he was like just come up with a two-minute beat by the end of the semester (laughs) 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 we spent a lot of time on youtube watching family guy (laughs) when youtube before youtube was banned (laughs) can show my age um but yeah and so I made one decent beat in my life. All right, so we're going to change the Nerds on Hip Hop theme song to your beats? Is that what we're going to do? No, we're not, because I don't even know. It's not even, like, available anymore. Like, it's on a laptop somewhere in Miramar, Florida, maybe. We can send you back to Miramar, like, tomorrow, because we need to change our theme song now. No, definitely not. It was, like, two layers. <laughs> yeah, like, one of those, like... One of those posters on a tree. Have you seen this beat? <laughs> oh, man. And a Fruity Loops logo. Oh, man. Fruity Loops. Good, good, good times. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. So I think this leads us great into our what question of the episode, which is that how would, what would you say, what would you say is your current training arc or what are you currently like training on? I'll go first. I'm in the middle of comprehensive exams. That might be a theme that runs through this entire season of Nerds and Hip Hop season three. So I'm just trying to get better at my writing skills and my 
ability to synthesize like three different theories together that have not really been brought together before and it's killing me <laughs> so that's all i can tell you like i feel i don't know if you guys remember the moment when you uh you was taken oh i can't say that because you're watching you have so that'd be a spoiler <laughs> i just caught myself so no i won't do that okay. i feel like I feel like I just have a Rasengan at the heart every time I sit down and try it right. That's what this feels like. That's the best way I can say. Yeah. I've been trying my hand at fiction writing lately, um, trying to write a book. And it's the first time where I've had to, like, consciously try to train for something that wasn't, like, for fun. <laughs> like, I think I've done, like, similar things like video games where, like, I play it, you know, over and over again and try to, like, learn it. But this is the first time where I'm like, I need to read books, like other fiction novels, and figure out like like the what they did structurally. Like I need to figure out like what's working with my writing, what's not working. I'm realizing how terrible of a writer I am again. <laughs> like I am. You are above average. <laughs> no, not at fiction writing right now. <laughs> but yeah, um, so that's what I'm trying to get through at the moment. But it's like I've been really. I guess I'm like consciously trying to think of like what what needs like if I want to introduce a character it's like why am I introducing that character what makes that character interesting like what like really breaking down each like thing within it and like putting meaning behind everything and just thinking through it so that's been a struggle but it's been enjoyable mostly somewhat kind of it's a beautiful <laughs> struggle to quote quality that's okay. what writing is that in general it is uh it is the most frustrating but like rewarding thing when you actually get it right. It's just you yeah. have to get it right, and that takes sometimes too long. Like <laughs> it's it's, it's a grind. It takes just until your boiling point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This this ooh, this is a loaded question for me. This mm. is a, I couldn't type this in the notes. I was like, well, I, I would be here all day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll throw it out there. I'm. Uh, I, I just turned thirty last month in May. Um, Round of applause. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So I've been training just at life, <laughs> and I don't mean that to sound so morbid, but like I feel like the my entire twenties was like life was just like, all right, we're just gonna beat you up in your twenties. You're just gonna go through it. Just, and then I went through it, and now the thirties is like, all right, I got beat up time to take all these lessons and like now it's time to move now it's time to it's time to get going we got to get the ball rolling so i've been training <laughs> i've been my training arc is like splitting like three different things so it's like writing is like the main thing mm -hmm. um obviously you know um that's what i want to make of my life i want to write i want to be an author write films i want to do all all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. so that is a an everyday I try to make it an everyday thing some some days it, it doesn't happen life gets in the way so on and so forth but yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I work on that as much as I can um, writing fiction I've been trying to get back into writing scripts um, and that's a whole nother beast of writing man that script writing is so oh it's hard <laughs> so because you're restricted because most the, the rule of thumb at least from what I've heard a minute on page is a minute on screen. Yeah, that's so, what I've heard. Too. Yeah, you're only gonna write 
And I don't like really long movies, so I'm not going to write something that's really long. I'm going to get you out within like two hours. Because after that, my attention span kind of goes out the window. So I'm not trying to keep anybody there for long. So I got like 120 pages. I have to condense this entire story into 120 pages. And that is like frustratingly hard for me to to do. So I've been trying to get better at that. That's that's a, a never-ending training arc of trying to figure out how to do it. Um and then just like, you know, personal training. Just trying to better myself as a person. Like, keeping good health. I've been on a, a weight loss journey. Uh, eating cleaner. Something I, I have to consciously work on every day. Mm-hmm. So I found out what happens when you don't. I ended up in the hospital a couple of years ago. That was mm-hmm. not a good time. So, that and like mental health has been a good, a big training arc of mine. Because if my mental health is not in order, my physical health is not in order, I can't write. Like, it doesn't, these three things are, like, connected to each other. So I have to work on all three. And I'll throw it out there. If if anybody's on the fence about, like, going to therapy, I just started going literally, like, a month ago, like, two sessions in. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. It, It might feel a little awkward at first, sitting across from some person, like, I don't even know this dude or woman, whoever it is. But it's not so bad, you know. You'll you'll feel yeah. better when you leave. I I had to do it a lot last year, so I'll piggyback and say, yeah, it can be. It's weird, but it's it's helpful. If nothing else, I can just go in this room, and even if this person doesn't understand a thing, I can just vent all my problems, and that's enough for me. Like <laughs> I can just go in and just lay this all out there, so it's not boiling up inside. But those are like my three. My three training arcs that are kind of tied tied to the hip with each other. So if one goes well, they all go well. We actually just um, International Men's Health Week just ended, so you guys are giving the message right at this right time. See, life comes full circle. Full circle, just ended yesterday. Well, you are winning, I think, in this case. <laughs> In the adulthood training. Yeah, I'm fine, man. It is, boy, the things mm. they didn't tell you when you were younger. <laughs> yeah. oh, Honestly. They, they hid from us, man. They hid it. it was a, yeah. Adulthood is a scam. It is. It is the biggest. Ne- next mm-hmm. to, like, college and, like, insurance. <laughs> adulthood is it's up there, man. It is definitely up there. But, it, you know, if if... You, you can do things to make it a little easier. You just have to, like, consciously work on those things every day. You need to spend 10 years learning what's wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I hope y'all, for y'all, it doesn't take that long. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's taken me eight so far in my 20s. So yeah, it's, you know. Just now, I think, though, so. Yeah. Just, just think of it as one day, you know, when you have a kid or if you have, like, younger siblings, you can let them know everything not to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know that people, young people, when we were young, yeah, like to experience <laughs> a little right. bit more than just take wisdom. Yeah. And I feel like I did hear some advice, but a lot of it just I wasn't in the mindset to completely understand it at the time. If that makes sense, it's hard to receive. Right, it didn't apply to us back then. Like, yeah, so it was, yeah, hard to apply. It was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll deal with that when it comes to it. Not realizing, like, no, like, this is the time when you should be figuring this out. Y'all are talking about life. I'm trying to pass this math test that I failed 30 <laughs> years. Like, 
<laughs> this is my life. <laughs> like, like, life? <laughs> my life is that story. <laughs> Oh man. So I think on that note, we'd like for you, our listeners, to tell us what is your current training arc and tell us when you think of like training and like training sequences, what comes to your mind in hip hop and nerdome? Is there anything that we missed? And if so, where should they contact us? You can get to us by using the hashtag nerds on hip hop or ask N O H H. You can get us on our Twitter or Instagram, which is at Nerds on Hip Hop, or you can email us if you want to email nerdsonhiphop at gmail.com. We thank you for spending your time with us this week. I'm the Wolves Den. I'm Victoria, aka Miss Old School, and our uh, guest. And I'm Serial Sensei. Thank you guys uh, for having me. Appreciate it. No doubt, give them all the plugs that you need to give. If it's to your link tree, your Patreon, your coffee, let the people know where to find you. Um, yeah, if, if, you, if you just go to Google, just type in Serial Sensei, you will find me. I made sure I gave myself that nickname, so that would work. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you can go to Amazon, the Oddball Chronicles, on Amazon, 99 cents for digital, eight ninety nine for physical. Uh, follow me on Twitter as well as Twitch if you're a gaming fan at Serial Sensei. And if you enjoy combat sports, you can find me on SoundCloud, Spotify, all of the other streaming platforms at the Dojo Talk Podcast. And how do you spell the book, sorry? Uh, the Oddball Chronicles, that is O D D B A L L, all one word. Uh, Chronicles. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. No doubt. Thank you for spending time with us. We appreciate you, man. No problem, man. This was fun. This was great. This was awesome. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Thank you.